Welcome to episode 100 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with last one to leave the theater.com and ATLCW.tv. And we might have a special guest. Might have a few special guests. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the whimpering voice you hear in the background is a newly spayed Fozzie who is in a cone and very unhappy. Hopefully she won't be making too many appearances on our podcast today. Um, <laughs> but she is whimpering very loudly at the moment. Um, and then we're also joined by Doug Sprinkle. Hello. And that is his real last name. That is my real last name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have everyone together in the same location today, which is pretty exciting because we're celebrating our 100th episode, which we've been around for a long time, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, first off, I think we should tell everybody what we're drinking because we are drinking while we're doing this. We are. All right. So I'm having a coconut porter. I'm... I'm having tequila. <laughs> good, te- good tequila. I am drinking uh, vodka soda because I am going gluten-free for the month of May for a cleanse. And I have a homebrew from one of my art directors on my creative team. Which may or may not be okay for him to be drinking right now. Or it's got some questionable chunks in it. There's life forms at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> oh, That's what beer. defines homebrew. <laughs> exactly. It's the fresh... Um, so yeah, we're celebrating 100 episodes. We wanted to have uh, Jakai Mickelson here with us, who of course uh, started this podcast with me, I guess, a little over two years ago now. Um, but he's in Florida right now, and originally when I texted him yesterday, because I forgot to tell him <laughs> we were recording this week, I, I, I was like, so, sorry, I forgot to text you this, and he said he was in Florida, and then I briefly got jealous, because to me that meant at the beach with a drink in his hand. But he is there for work, so he gets a pass. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot of Marvel stuff today. But before we get into that, we want to um, have a little bit of small talk to tell you guys about some cool things that are happening in the city this weekend. Um, of course, this Friday today, if you're listening to this on the day this releases, um, oh my thing disappeared. Oh, there we go. Um, it is May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. And there's a really cool event at the Battery at SunTrust Park this weekend in Atlanta. Um, they have they have a Millennium Falcon experience there. I, I'm not sure how much of the Millennium Falcon they have, they have for you the, to experience. But so I'm going to be going to this on Friday when the podcast is released to check it out. They're having a media day kind of thing for it. And it's, it's basically the hold and the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Um, Apparently, skilled fan builders reproduced the every detail of the interior set from Solo, A Star Wars Story, which comes out on May May 25th. And so basically, they're bringing that to the Battery in Atlanta for the weekend for the Braves games. And so fans will be able to go and get tickets and go and experience the Millennium Falcon. Um, you know, take pictures in the in the cockpit. Um, they got the the lights, controlling panels, and stuff. Um, they have the uh, Fozzie will not be there. <laughs> Fozzie will not be there. Fozzie's a little upset that she's but, not going to be there. But um, they'll also have you know the the iconic the the holographic chess chess table that's always played a role in the films and stuff. So it'll be interesting to check out, and I'm looking forward to it. They're going to have um, complimentary timed event tickets are going to be available um, at one of the Braves ticketing windows on a first-come, first-served basis starting at 10 a.m. each day of the event. Um, the event is going to be running uh, May 4th, 5th, and 6th starting at 10.30 in the morning and going to 8.30 on Friday and Saturday and 5.30 on Sunday. So be sure to check that out if you're in town this weekend and you're a massive Star Wars fan, which should be Every, I mean, everyone's everyone. so massive. To me, they should be at least. Um, and let us know how it is, because it sounds pretty cool. I guess... Uh, I'll probably follow. talk about it next week's podcast. Or yeah, we're not having a podcast time. next yeah. week. <laughs> Which we will talk about later. We'll talk about later, but you can follow Matt on social media yeah. for um, for a... Uh, a live experience. <laughs> so I'll probably take some videos and stuff, and of course pictures. So, yeah. Follow cool. me online. 
Um, another cool event that's happening uh, next Wednesday, I am speaking at an event downtown called the Social Shakeup. Um, it's actually a whole convention that is um, based on marketing and PR communications and social media. So that's happening the 7th through the 9th um, in downtown Atlanta. And I'm actually speaking on a panel called Bridging the Gap, Marketing to Millennials and Gen Z. Um, is that so the Tide Pod generation? That is the Tide Pod generation. <laughs> um, it's funny because there. like it's um, it's it's kind of interesting the the differences between millennials and Gen Z, and I feel like even millennials like we don't eat Tide Pods. Well, we don't eat Tide Pods, that's for sure. But I also feel like a lot of millennials, at least the ones that were kind of, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Matt, but I feel like eighty, I think eighty to eighty three, really. Um, People that were born in those years really hate being called millennials and being it, like. It seems in. like it seems like the gap between like millennials and whatever other generations that bookend it seems to get bigger and bigger each year. It's like oh, it does like because I think at one point I was born in eighty seven, so like I think at one point like I wasn't even considered a millennial, and then of course you know yes you are, and now it's like like you said eighty to eighty three. Are they, are they millennials? They're millennials, they millennials, but we don't like so being like, called that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the term has gotten to be sort of a catch-all for people who are self-deserving and somewhat irritating. And that's, yeah, yeah, it's um, apologies like, to our younger listeners of this podcast. <laughs> well, it, but it's, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the questions when we're kind of going through what we're going to be talking about in this panel, I don't know how many times Snapchat came up, and it's like, <laughs> I feel like I'm... You know, I know some some younger people, uh, even, you know, people that are older than you, Matt, but younger than me that do it. And I, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I really don't, I don't want to be grouped in with Snapchatters. Um, Snapchat is a whole different <laughs> it's thing. It's a whole like, different thing. I still um, don't understand I, Snapchat. I, I, I use a ton of different social medias and I never understood what Snapchat, I couldn't, I even watched a tutorial online and I still don't, don't know how to use Snapchat. And I use a ton of, of social media things. You're not a millennial though, Mike. No. <laughs> we know that. doesn't matter what that. No, I am a, I'm a what's called the baby boomer. <laughs> I got to give them props for really awesome augmented reality though. Some of those filters That's are pretty true. Yeah. yeah. their filters no, are pretty No, they do awesome. have, yeah. It's, it's like I wish Instagram had that you could kind figure of out how to I use do. them. I do too. I I... I hear what you're saying, Mike, and I will say that like the user experience and the user interface are not intuitive, I feel like, um, with Snapchat. It's not, in my opinion, very very well designed for the, for the end user. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gen Z like, grew up with a screen in front of them from like the time they were born, which is just a bizarre concept. Like, that, that's what... like. It's funny, like, having Fozzie, you know, since she was a puppy, you look for ways to constantly occupy her. You're recording a podcast. What can you give her to be quiet? And so, like, I understand, like, parents, like, let me give my child the screen to keep them busy and keep them occupied. Um, and I do think that's going to be kind of scary and awesome when they, like, enter the job market because they've literally had a screen in front of them their entire lives and they've well, and they've everything's been, that. like, documented, too. Yeah, which is also scary. Yeah. Totally. It's going to be really interesting, you know, when we get into um, future political elections and people's yeah. entire life have been documented on social media. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get real. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, aliens are going to have it really super easy figuring out our entire history. It's true. It's all going to be documented. Well... Up until up, uh, yeah, until a certain point, That's yeah. true. and yeah. then it gets complicated. From like two thousand, like something <laughs> up to yeah, yeah. Um, anywho, so that's coming up next week. I'm looking forward to doing that. So find out what the, the definition yeah. of millennials and Gen well, the Zers bridging, is. That what they're the officially gap. called, Gen Zers? Yeah, Gen Gen, Gen Z. Zs. Gen Zs. Gen Zs. Gen Zs. I like that. That's a Does that mean thing. there's not going to be any more? No. I don't know like, what the next generation Gen double is. Yeah, double A. Gen double A. <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll figure out something. They'll totally figure out something. So, it's our small talk for the week. Some cool things to look forward to next week. Um, so, let's talk about box office results because it was a big weekend at the box office. Um, how did it do? How, how did Avengers do uh, based upon what you guys 
thoughts. I won. You did win. This is true. Uh, Avengers came in first with 257 million. Um, it's insane. It's uh, a new record. It's a new record. And that was just in the in like our market. It did even more amazing overseas and international. Do you guys know that number? It's 800. Uh, yesterday was 800 million. And they haven't opened in China yet. Wow. Not, yeah. not, and they didn't open this weekend either. It's next weekend they open in China, which will be another two to three hundred million. So, so it's going to be it's going to be over a billion. Really, really good. It broke so many different records. Uh, there was somebody that listed all the records, but it was literally like ten records that they broke. Yeah. I think it also like broke the entire theatrical run in one weekend of uh, Justice, Justice League, League, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Just <laughs> hilarious. One opening yeah. weekend. <clears throat> The entire well, I, run. <laughs> I looked today in Atlantic Station. There are nine screens that are showing it. All their specialty screens, the IMAX and the RPX, are showing up. But there's there's nine of them total out of eighteen. So literally half of their screens are devoted to to this movie during a weekday. During, yeah, during a weekday, exactly. Yeah, and I drove last night. Um, I drove by the Hollywood Twenty Four, and this was at eleven thirty at night, and the parking lot was packed. So you know, it's all all it was just Avengers people watching. You know, probably the late the last last screening on probably all the screens probably. Yeah. You know what I can't help but think about? Um, a Quiet Place came in second with eleven million, and it's like there are still theaters, of course, that are playing A Quiet Place along with Avengers. And like, what happens? Like when you're sitting in there watching A Quiet Place, but you can hear Avengers: Infinity War in the theater next to you. It's gonna <laughs> suck. <laughs> yeah. So wait, is it? Did I hear that right? Is that a $246 million difference yeah. between first and second? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. mean, that's the power of Marvel. That is wow. the power of Marvel. Um, coming in third this week was I Feel Pretty, which I believe is exactly what you guys um, predicted would happen. It was $8.1 million, which I think was a little bit below what Mike was expecting for it. Um, Rampage was in fourth with $7.2 million in Black Panther. At five with four point seven million, which, which, and it's eleventh week, which is incredible. It's right, so and it's awesome. coming out on DVD in like two weeks. Yeah, next week it's out on digital. So. Yeah, and I want to mention um, number ten, Isle of Dogs, still hanging in there in the top ten. I got that at number eleven on my list. Uh, dismissive got, motions. Nope, I'm on, <laughs> box, I'm on box office mojo, and I'm on box office mojo too. I'm looking at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Traffic was nine. Last oh, no, weekend. that's this last weekend. week. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Oh, oh. Love it when Mike's wrong. Uh, oh. <laughs> Sad trombone. Sad trombone, indeed. It's still Suck close. Suck it, Isle of Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. It was only 200,000. <laughs> Matt's cold. Ozzy uh, ignore Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt's dead inside, so. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> no, because Em and I love we Isle of Dogs. I did too. Not two. Just three, every, three against one, Matt. I know I count for one one hundredth because this is the first time I've shown up in an episode. Still. <laughs> Still. Um, well, cool. Um, obviously, Avengers is still going to be in first this weekend at the box office. Do you guys want to make uh, a bet of how much you think it will do? Oh, I'm going to say one hundred and thirty. I don't think it'll do that much. I think it'll be one one ten to one fifteen. Okay. That's just like last week. Yeah. And I I said over one fifty two fifty and it was over two fifty. For a little while I I had won. And then they re redid the box office. That happened. Because it originally <laughs> was two fifty and then they moved up to two fifty seven. Well that's because they estimate. Um well let's Let's talk about Avengers a little bit more. You finally seen it. I finally it. saw it. I saw so it on what'd Sunday. So what you what you think? Um, well, initial impressions. Initial impressions. Oh God. Uh, well, let's let's go ahead and say if you've not seen Avengers um, and you don't want to hear any any potential spoilers or any amazing things that we have to talk about in regards to kind of Marvel history and Marvel theories. Um, you might, you might just want to like tune back in in the last two minutes of our podcast. Like, wait wait until you've seen the movie. Or go so see be, the movie and then listen to this afterwards. Yeah, because we're going to be getting podcast. into spoilers. Um, it's been a week. You so should have seen it by now. It's true. You should have seen it. I mean, it did well enough at the box office. I assume that everyone should have seen it. Um, 
my initial reaction. I liked it. Um, I feel like so. Let's just dive. I mean, right yeah, into you can it, right? you can say like, whatever you want now. Like we're not bound like last week. I like don't. I don't feel like the. So you guys all went to see it, and the reaction yeah. was, "Oh my god, half of everybody is they're all dead." Um, they're not dead. I mean, come that's, on. That's what we were talking about last week. Where, yeah. where we were trying to say that. Without saying that, yeah, I really think I really think there's there there are two definite deaths, and then one that's a poss- possible death. Well, let's let's talk about. Um, so we're going to basically assume that the, the two at the beginning are real, right? Well, we can um, just say Loki and Heimdall, right? So yeah. Gamora, I think she's dead. I think you Gamora's think she's dead. dead. Yeah, because yeah, she's given. Uh, um, Rosario Dawson's given an interview where basically she said, Zoe Saldana. Zoe, I get them mixed up all the time. <laughs> um, anyway, she gave an interview to somebody uh, and she was talking in ending terms. That, But I've seen a bunch of theories also that say that she's going to come back to that because he controls time and space. Thanos, who did the killing, that. But I think he had. But see, I, wouldn't the stone know? Yeah, and see. Didn't kill her? That's the thing, like, with her death, she was a sacrifice for the Soul Stone. So, basically, like, that, if she gets revived, like, that would defeat the entire purpose. Like, that's, that's, to me, that's even worse than bringing back people who died from the snap and stuff. Right. Because that makes sense. Like, that, her death was a sacrifice to get the Soul Stone. So, like, if you just revive her, like, that takes away all, any and all impact of having to, you know... Sacrifice what you most loved for the stone. Like, Unless Superman shows up and flies around backwards. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think her death is real. Granted, I have seen theories where, like, basically nobody involved with the soul stone is actually dead. And that basically, because this is how the comics work, is that they're kind of transported to a different, like, an alternate universe. Well, and, and so, like, everybody's trapped kind of in the soul stone, which I can kind of see because, like, they might have kind of hinted at that at the end when Thanos does the snap and he gets kind of transported to that world where it's just him and the young Gamora. And she's like, oh, what did you sacrifice? And he's like, everything. So, like... Why was it young Gamora then and not, like... Because I guess that was... I'm going to say, like, that was his ideal version of her. Okay. That's who he fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. He fell in love with the child Gamora. And I have a theory really similar to what you're talking about. Because I've read a majority of the comic arc, and judging from what they altered in the story for the film, I think there's a chance here that it's not like he paid a price and earned the stone. He paid a loan. Like, it, like the soul is on loan. So Gamora's not necessarily gone, she's just the property of the stone. If the stone decides that she is going to be empowered instead of Thanos, then Thanos no longer has control over her and she comes back. And speaking of those alternate universes um, that Marvel had has already talked about that, that that's why they're making so many of these movies because they're, they're talking about doing alternate universes and how much fun it'll be to be able to play with that. Right. So, yeah. and I mean, I think that's, that's kind of where the future I think is heading. Like with Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think we're going to see like, they're going to be key for Avengers four and bringing in the whole quantum role, I think that's going to play a big role in however they undo the snap, basically, and get everybody back. And there's been a lot of speculation on Ant-Man with the fact that, um, uh, I'm blanking on who plays him. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd has twice as many shooting days than, um, than what, than, uh, Lily. Than, yeah, Lily, um, as. So for what? For, for the, Ant-Man for this, or for, Fourth Avengers? No, for Ant-Man. And that, so they, there's been a lot of theories that he's going to, Ant-Man will go to the alternate universe and Lily's uh, Wasp will stay behind. So. Well, I think they'll do the traveling in the, in the fourth film. I think they'll kind of explore the quantum realm and explain it all. But I don't think like it'll happen all until Avengers 4. I gotcha. All right. So I have a, a film critic friend down in Tampa. Um, his name is T.M. Powell. And um, he has come up with a theory. And so 
he basically wrote about how he thought um, uh, that that there's gonna there might even be a um, a a time jump um, in this in this universe. So it's that's what he's he's saying. It might there might be a time jump. So we already, we already know that Captain Marvel's not set in in modern times. It's set in like the nineties. Yeah. So that's but but we've seen from the end of this movie that she's integral to the plot of the Avengers Four. Right. So well, I don't know if I want to talk about this because this is like spoilers for Avengers Four kind of stuff technically. Well, you don't what from the comics? No, from from set photos and stuff that have come online. So there is. Stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there is stuff out there where you can kind of glimmer where they're going with the fourth one. And so, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do we want to talk? Do we want to really discuss this? I don't, really don't, like, don't want to. I don't Because, wanna, I mean, that kind of. doesn't want to. I know me. I yeah. don't like giving away spoilers. Conspiracy theories, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it all, it all is theory. Because, I mean, like, stuff leaked about this one. And some stuff was... A lot of stuff was completely yeah, there wrong was a, and just like um, because I mean like there's only so much you can tell from set photos and stuff. Yeah, there was a great uh, there's a great I think it was Collider did it where they had like the top twenty theories on Avengers: Affinity War and the all twenty of them were wrong. All these you know, from different magazines and different publications and stuff, and some of them were just way out there. And some it's, the amazing part is how authoritative a lot of people were in saying. You know, that, oh, the Hulk is um, going to die. Um, you know, it's just all the, and they, they were sure of it. They were sure of it. And then they would, you know, post why the reasoning behind it. Did, so, you, did you notice any of the misdirection that's, visuals? That's what I was going to say. Like, that's what I love about Marvel now is their misdirection in their trailers. And how much, like, so, like, I first noticed it with, you know, Thor Ragnarok trailers. And how basically in all the trailers, Thor had two eyes. And yeah. then in Thor Ragnarok, he loses his eye. And, like, there's some exact scenes where it's like, okay, he is definitely missing the eye in the movie. But in the trailer, that same scene, he has both eyes. And so, like, they did a whole lot of that with Infinity War. And, like, having that whole group shot of all of them running with, you know, yes. it was all of them in the forest. And they're Hulk all running. Is Hulk is in there. And, like, you only see Hulk in the beginning, like, the first five minutes of the film. And you then, see him at the very well, no, yeah, it's actually, only it's only roughly yeah, that's true. That actual true. shot it it happens in the film near the end, but it's he's in the Hulkbuster armor. Yeah, he's not actually the Hulk, and all yeah. those all those shots, those stills that show up in all the article heads and everything like that. It was interesting to see that, especially after the fact, seeing yeah. the film and realizing, oh hey, I didn't even really process that, but that's totally not accurate. That yeah, is- so like I like that Marvel is doing that. And kind of doing that misdirection because, like, I always hate when trailers give away too much and stuff. And so, like, the fact that they, oh, we're giving away this stuff, but it might be completely wrong. And it might not be a part of the movie. I, I love that. <laughs> so. Well, this is, that's, like, kind of a perfect transition. Uh, giving transition? stuff away and leaks. Let's talk about Mark Ruffalo giving away the entire movie. <laughs> 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 it was like, where are we going? There, yeah, it, this is an amazing um, video clip that was... Um, do you remember where that was initially from, Mike? Did, it was MTV, wasn't it? Oh, well, no, MTV it was, that posted it? It's a Disney uh, 23 thing. Yeah, it was a it Disney 23. It happened at D23. And I, th- I think it was a D23 interview. I don't feel like Disney would have posted that if it were yeah. like D20. Okay. Yeah, like, so I think they were interviewing with MTV, I thought. They were definitely interviewing with someone that's not owned by Disney, because I don't think Disney would have allowed for this interview to, to have been posted. Um, so essentially what happened is they're sitting there, and the interviewer is asking, not even like directly like asking for asking for a tease, and then Mark Ruffalo basically says, you know, well, you know, it's not going to end well like a lot of Marvel movies really do. And then the interviewer says something, well, yeah, like it usually, you know, doesn't end great for the superheroes. And there's know. usually a death or two. Yeah. And, and then Ruffalo goes, well, wait until you see this next movie. Everyone dies. <laughs> but he starts to say half and he cuts himself. He says, and he stops and Don Cheadle just 
reacts very strongly. Yeah. Like, oh, stutters. No. He stutters even. He's like, dude. 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 <laughs> it's an amazing video clip. Um, I will post it on Fanbolt with uh, with this podcast. It's an amazing it's an amazing video clip. You should definitely watch it. And it's um, like they could have just, like, if they didn't react the way they did, they could have played it off fine. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah everybody dies in this movie. Kind of because, like, you know, it's huge. Like, it could have yeah. been over-exaggerating. Well, yeah, but the fact, like, they yeah. have, like, they're looking at their publicist going, oh, my God, like, I've ruined the biggest secret of all. And Ru- Ruffalo puts his, his head in his hands. He's just so defeated. And he doesn't he goes, let it go. Yeah. No, he doesn't let it <laughs> even, go. Like, even the interviewer tries to move on, like, and ask a question because he knows that Ruffalo just let out a big spoiler. And Cheadle's like, we should just move on another, to go another question. And he won't let it go. He keeps, keeps going. It's, it is. It is hilarious. It was pretty hysterical. Um, that was like my favorite video of the week. Hulk <laughs> is very sensitive. He's Aww. very sensitive. Mark Ruffalo seems like a really awesome guy. So I, I like to He was that. awesome. We did the, the event. Uh, that energy. It's yeah. The energy. The, energy the clean energy. Yep. Event. Would you say Green energy? Yeah. <laughs> we tr- I, I made that joke because like we tried to get him on we tried to get him on the podcast. So I was like, oh how awesome yeah. it would be to make a, a clean, a green, go green with the Hulk. <laughs> go, green. With, go green with the Hulk. I know, we it's could like, really ah, help with their marketing. It would have been amazing. <laughs> Same page, man. But um We're still but, yeah. available if they need help with their marketing. Campaign. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or if Mark Ruffalo wants to come on our podcast. I mean you can say whatever you want yeah. about Infinity War now. It's out. It's out. So you, you, can't get you don't trouble. have to worry about any spoilers. <laughs> it's a safe zone I mean, here. You can talk to us about Avengers Four now and then we might get into <laughs> some shady area. We'll get some serious traffic then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, um <laughs> Well let's but, yeah. Let's talk about also another thing that um, Mike had brought up, which is a, a cool topic. Um, there's this article in IndieWire, um, 13 actors who almost became Avengers. Uh, let's let's talk through them and see which ones we agree and disagree with. Um, starting this off is um, Jensen Ackles as Hawkeye. Jensen Ackles, of course, known from the CW series Supernatural, which has been on... Almost, 13, seasons. I, 13 seasons I'm like almost as long as Marvel's existed that's not quite true but it feels almost that long because it's a show that's never it's going longer to longer than the Marvel Cinematic Universe exactly exactly the one show that will always be on CW so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you guys have would you guys be able to picture that I could see that as, I could see him as Hawkeye now like before we were talking about this and you guys were saying Captain America and I was like no, well, I he, cannot picture him as he Captain He originally America. auditioned to play Captain America. See, I thought. I thought yeah, but Marvel ended up choosing Chris Evans. The studio reportedly liked Ackles enough to offer him the role of Hawkeye, but he couldn't take it because he had already committed to Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I can't see him as Captain America, but I could see him doing the Hawkeye, yeah. Why could you not see him as Captain America? Is he just, I don't know. Like, with me, for him, he's too ingrained with Supernatural. Like he's too typecast. Like I just—he's always going to be Dean to you. He's always going to be <laughs> Dean, and it's just like I haven't seen him play like a non-almost smug role because Dean is like a smug character. I mean, he's, he's not really a, a smug character. He's—I mean, granted, I haven't seen like the last seven seasons of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I so stopped like, at season five. So I can't yeah, really so. I want to pick back up, though, because it is an awesome show, and the uh, the dynamic between Jensen Ackles and uh, Jared Padalecki, the, the two leads on that show, is, is really, really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I will never watch that show again because they kill off Felicia Day's character. So. <laughs> yeah, but no one's ever really... It's, it's like Marvel. No one's ever really dead in Supernatural. Until she comes back, <laughs> I'm not watching. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I... He, he makes a better fit for Hawkeye. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, next up, we have Emily Blunt as Black Widow slash Peggy Carter. Um, Emily Blunt had two chances to be main character in Phase 1 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Widow in Iron Man 2, and Peggy Carter in Captain America the First Avenger. Scheduling conflicts prevented her from accepting either role, but she told Yahoo that she has no regrets about the decision. Well, we know that she can do action films. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's re- she was very convincing in uh, 
Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. She was great. She, was, I mean, she really convinced me to, that she can do that. So, I, I mean, as much as I love Scarlett Johansson, I, I, I could see her doing that role. And she'd be good in it, you know, because she's a really good actress. And, I, and it would have been so easy for her to play, um, what's her name? Peggy Carter. Peggy, Peggy yeah. Carter. That, that would be, that was a no-brainer. I mean, that would have been easy for her to do. She's I do love the Haley Atwell, though, as Peggy Carter. Like, she's a perfect Peggy Carter. She is. Uh, Emily Blunt is really good at the sharp point. She is. Um, I would love to see her and John Krasinski do Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm. I know there's been like a, like I've seen some fan art where they basically do them as the Fantastic Four kind of stuff. And like, that would actually, I think, be a good fit. That would be cool. Hasn't Disney provided bought for that? I mean... It's in process. They pretty much, pretty much bought Fox and all the rights and stuff. So like, it's only a matter of time before it's a done deal. Kind of stuff, you know, everything. they got to do all the paperwork and stuff. But I feel like at some point Disney's going to somehow acquire DC, and then we're going to have a DC versus Marvel movie, which will be the movie to end all movies. <laughs> so that would be insane. <laughs> we're going to have Comcast and Sony suddenly tear off like their masks and be like Disney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Disney's just going to own everything. <laughs> Um, another one, uh, this one's funny to me. Tom Cruise is Iron Man instead of, uh, Robert oh, Downey Jr. God, that'd be bad. No. I think yeah. that would be horrible. Oh, it'd be bad. Uh, uh, now talk about somebody who's got smugness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah. not the, he's not, the, I mean, Downey plays that part perfectly. He's, he's, cause he, he's been that guy in real life. He's not that guy anymore, but he's been that guy in real life. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the best castings in our lifetime. That yeah. is really He really is good. Iron Man. Yes. Like, he just is. Um, apparently, uh, that the original Iron Man movie had been in development since the 1990s, and Tom Cruise was actually in talk for years to play the role before um, Robert Downey Jr. ended it. So um, that's one that I'm really glad... Really glad that Tom Cruise is not Iron Man. I don't... I, Iron Man is one of my favorite characters. Like, one of my probably top three favorite Marvel characters, and that would not be the case if Tom Cruise played him. Tom Cruise is too polished. Yeah. Like, Robert Downey Jr. has that edge to him where you can tell that he's made a lot of mistakes to get to the point where he is. <laughs> even, like, he, he just reads it all over him even when he's playing the character. And Tom Cruise is too much about just being the perfect, elegant, you know, I never make a misstep sort of character. See, I would see Tom Cruise more as Captain America than Jensen Ackles. He's about a foot and a half too short. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jensen Ackles, I feel like if he was a foot taller, I could totally see him playing Captain America. I'm, I'm not even... I'm yeah, not even, I know, but I'm... I'm not even talking about height. Like, I'm just talking about just see, like, face and just attitude. acting and yeah. attitude. Like, height Whatever. is, like, on my least, like, oh, yeah, he's not as tall. As I just had to make that dick because Nicole Kidman's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. Well, speaking of actors that have made mistakes, David Duchovny <laughs> was um, originally considered for the Hulk. Uh, Marvel had to choose between Edward Norton and David Duchovny when deciding who would play Bruce Banner in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. According to Marvel Vice Chairman uh, Norton and the X-Files actor were neck-to-neck in a battle to land the part. Marvel ended up going with the former, only to replace him later, of course, with Mark Yeah, but I was like, well, neither of those choices worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, cannot. I, I, can't, I can't see I can't David see Duchovny. Not at all. As any Marvel character. Not as any Marvel character. There's, nope. I No. Well, no, for the Hulk, like, for Bruce Banner, he's way too confident. He's, he's way too sure about himself, way too straightforward and everything. Mark Ruffalo brings that innocence to it of a scientist that I'm not sure that you can really get from David Duchovny. That's true. I feel like there's so so much of like the, the Bruce Banner personality that is actually Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> like from a lot of the videos. <laughs> like like the wanna, one we just talked like about. The one we yeah. just talked about. It's like you just want to give Mark Ruffalo a hug and tell him it'll be okay. <laughs> Um, Sun's going down. <laughs> um, this one's interesting. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Star-Lord and Ant-Man. So he, uh, Deadline reported in January 2013 that Marvel was courting Joseph Gordon-Levitt for the male lead in Guardians of the Galaxy after passing on Joel Egerton. 
um, and a number of other actors, Eddie Redmayne as well. Um, the actor ended up being picked. It ended up picking the Sin City sequel over the Marvel film. Bad um, mistake. Yeah. Uh, Gordon Levitt was also a later frontrunner for Ant-Man along with Paul Rudd. Um, but, of course, Marvel went with Rudd. So, well, I can I can see that. Because Levitt, Levitt's got a good, nice comedic timing. Um, he, he, we, and we know that he can do – he also can do the action film. So I could see that. That could, that could have worked. I, it's, it's, you know, it's, or, I could see Ant-Man over Star-Lord, uh, to be honest. I, I agree I with that. Like, I totally agree with that. I feel like it would be – and granted, I'm not – See, I could, I could see him doing Star-Lord easy because he sings, he dances – he doesn't have the he doesn't have the cockiness of yeah, Star Lord. Yeah, well, Star Lord's like, part eternal too. So he was kind of a big dude. In the, I mean, yeah, there is that. Part he could have bulked up though. Like, he he, could, he, yeah. Totally, yeah, that's true. He totally could have. Uh, he did have the humor. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he could do it. I mean, I he's can, got like okay. you say, he sings, he dances. I mean, he's he could, and he's very quick. And he can do comedy. I feel like I could have oh. seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt more in like a Spider-Man esque role. Yeah, I could have either of these. I feel like for Ant-Man, he's kind of got that lanky. Yeah, he's got that <laughs> lanky. Like I can't see him as either of these characters. For can I see him as Ant-Man. I could see him as Ant-Man. No, no yeah, I totally. I can't see him. As I mean, Ant-Man. no offense to Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd nails the role. Oh, yeah, but yeah, like, Paul Rudd but I could see, I could see Gordon-Levitt doing Ant-Man. Oh, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt with like the snarkiness and like he's. He's an actor. Oh, he's totally dude. got the personality for it. Yeah, look, I at agree. it look at Inception, too. He was deceptively effective as a, a more muscle role, even though he doesn't appear to be intimidating visually. But he he came across, he really he nailed it. And I think that if you transitioned that over to the Ant Man role, you could really make like an awesome thing out of it. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna agree to disagree. Um, this one's really interesting. Going back to the Captain America discussion. Um, John Kraginski. Yes. I could see that. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with this photo of bearded John, which looks a lot like (laughs) Captain America did in the last film. Um, So long before Quiet Place, uh, John was 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 running to lead Captain America, the first Avenger. The actor and director told Yahoo that he's not mad he missed out on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not only does Krasinski think that Chris Evans is a wonderful in the role, but he also says A Quiet Place and other projects he loves might not have happened if he had signed up for multiple MCU movies. No, yeah. I could totally see him doing that. He would have had to bulk up a little bit more. I mean, he is... Like, you saw 13 Hours, yeah, right? Yeah, 13 Hours. He, oh, yeah, he was, he was a beast true. in that movie. He was movie. a beast in that. That's fair enough. And He's like, always going to be um, Jim to me. Jim He's actually... He's done a good job of kind of transitioning. Transitioning. Agree. So he has, he has, and I think he's a really talented actor. So I think yeah. probably the decisions he's making right now are are the right ones. Um, but I could. But I could totally. See I it. could see it. I could see it. I, I could see it too. But I gotta totally respect what you said about his choices there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason Momoa is Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> Marvel had its eye on Game of Thrones veteran Jason Momoa to play Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, but the actor removed himself from the running because the role was too similar to others he had done in his career. It didn't really fit in with my time because I've done so many things where I don't say much and I'm colored up and I have my shirt off again, he said. That's fair. That's and a so, lot then, of so then I signed on for Aquaman. I know, I was going to say, is that Aquaman? <laughs> I feel like he is... Very much firmly referencing Stargate Atlantis in that, and I kind of loved him in that. So props, but yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see Jason a bald Jason Momoa though. That's That'd the only weird. thing that would be really weird. That'd be yeah, really weird. It's such such luxurious hair. Yeah, he does. He has very. Nice That's hair. the only thing. Like everything else, I could see him being Drax, but yeah, I just can't see him without like with no hair. When we started the podcast, I didn't think I'd hear Doug say, say luxurious hair. <laughs> surprises in this I would have lost on that bet. <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't say it about Matt either. Woo! <laughs> you do have luxurious hair. It is. Um, all right, next up, Timothy Olyphant as Iron Man. Nah. What? <laughs> That's right up there with Tom Cruise. I, but I feel like I could see it more than Tom Cruise. I can't see it, but I could see it more than Tom Cruise. Um, I can't see it. Of course, uh, Timothy is best known for his work in Justified. 
um, and just so happened to take his audition on the same day that Robert J uh, Downey Jr. showed up. So um, Timothy once joked to Conan O'Brien, I'm still waiting to hear back. If superhero movies are huge, that would be a real game changer for my career. Um, oh. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just... No. Nope. I, um, yeah. I can't... He did... He nailed Justified so much, I just can't really picture that different of a character from that. So. Fair enough. I, I scrolled ahead a little bit while you were making that statement and I was trying not to spit off my drink. Oh, God. Um, Who is in that? Joaquin Phoenix as Doctor Strange. What? Oh, yeah. I remember that. I Yeah, I remember. Like, that, was, that wasn't that was like a rumor. That was like, people were reporting that as facts. Like, oh, Rock, Joaquin Phoenix has been tapped for Doctor Strange. I remember when that came out. Because that was only like a couple of years ago. Yeah. No. It would yeah. not have worked. Didn't nope. he have a documentary about himself, too? It was a yeah. yeah. documentary. Yeah. Is this part of it? No. 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 Okay. Well, shoot. Now they're talking <laughs> about. Question. Now they're saying he's going to be the Joker. I yeah. could see him doing the they're Joker. They're doing. Yeah. I could, yeah, he can yeah. do the Joker. He's going to do like do a standalone that. Joker film. But why? Why would Jared Leto not do that? Because it's it's separate from the the DC universe, yeah. and they don't want to mix and. Yeah, you know, DC is all in well, kind of a mess right now. I'll so say it, like, is. it I, is. I mean. I actually really love Jared Leto's performances. He does a really fantastic job of getting yes. the character. I gotta say, though, whoever designed his costume, so to speak, yeah. especially the makeup artist part of it, is like they got their inspiration from a really shitty wall from in, Snapchat. In, like, <laughs> yes. The Snapchat filters. <laughs> or in like downtown Philadelphia or something like that. I, I don't know. Just like, yeah, it, it was a terrible thing. It was a little ham fisted on the makeup. Well, it's, it's fine. Edit. Um, he didn't say anything super bad. So yeah. You could replace it with one of Fozzie's whining barks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hundredth. It's the hundredth episode. We can, <laughs> it's whatever you want it to yeah. be. Um, no, I really, but I feel like Jared Leto did a really good job in the role of Joker, especially coming into it. I mean, anyone that comes into that role after. Keith Ledger, who did such an incredible yeah. oh, job. Wow. Like, you're you can't, you're, yeah, like you're never going to be as good as he was. Um, but that being said, I think Jared, like, he was as good as anyone could have, like, could have possibly have been in that role. Like, he did. With that yeah. script and with, with that, that script. With that, yeah, script. that script. That design. Yeah, he was, he was committed to that movie. And for me, his performances was one of the only like positive things about that movie and maybe had he been in it more it would have been more enjoyable probably not but like it's it's just that that whole script is crap let's just move on yeah <laughs> um oh my god it's the girls whose na who's name i butcher it would, yeah, it would yeah, be yeah, the 100th yeah. episode <laughs> oh, oh i say it i can't say oh, it i don't no, say it <laughs> no. it's oh i no we want emma to say it they said this in one of the awards film or award ceremonies this past season, and I I was shocked with how wrong I was. But it the beautiful young Irish lady, I believe. Yes, Irish. Sersha. It looks Sersha. Sersha Ronan. Thank yes. you, man. <laughs> Come on, oh. man. What are you doing? We were supposed to let Emma say it. I would have been bad. I would have been so far from that. Um, you would have been like, I, sorry. I would have been like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, no, she's an Who incredibly talented actress. She was going to be Scarlet Witch, which I can totally see. I can I see can, that. I yeah. can totally For see sure. that. I can see that. Um, I just, I like Elizabeth Olsen. I do too. Yeah, she's great. I do too. But I can totally see. But I could totally see um, her in it. Uh, Josh Whedon has re was reportedly thinking about Ronan when writing the Scarlet Witch into Avengers: Age of Ultron. Ronan expressed interest in the role during a chat with the Mary Sue. Of course, I would be interested. I love Josh and I love his films. So yeah, I'd love to be in it. Of course, the role eventually went to Elizabeth Olsen. The only sane Olsen twin. Or not no. Olsen. The only Re sane Olsen, Olsen sister. Oh, wow. I did not know that. How did yep. you not know I, that? I just, I don't really keep up with this kind of thing. What, that That's, she's an Olsen? I did not know that wow. they were related. <laughs> Mind were blown. Like, Mind totally like, blown. She, they, she has the same last name where you're just like, oh, what There's a coincidence. There's Olsen. She's, she's normal and she can act. She can act. So how are they related? <laughs> There's some weird She things. wasn't a There's, child star. Yeah, she wasn't a child star. There, I feel like the... that they, screwed them up. Yeah, I think, they, I think the, the parents 
saw what they did wrong with the twins and then decided we're not doing this to our other daughter. Well, at least they learned. I mean, being a child star is a pretty effective way to have problems. Yeah. But I, I do love <laughs> I do love her performance and everything. I have to say that, like, the first time I saw – how do you say this again? Her name? Saoirse? Saoirse Ronan in Hannah. Yes. She was exceptional. She was amazing. In that and that's a really obscure sort of psychedelic movie in the way that it's shot and portrayed and the – even the audio too, the whistling and all that, it's very odd. But she did a really convincing job of getting in a character that was deceptive and very efficient, I guess you'd say. So seeing her as Scarlet Witch, I got totally pictured that. She'd, yeah. she'd probably kill it. She'd totally kill it. She'd totally kill it. Um, oh, we're back to Iron Man again. Sam Rockwell. Um, before uh, John Favreau hired Robert Downey Jr. to kickstart the MCU and Iron Man, he was considering Sam Rockwell for the part. However, the director realized after meeting Downey, of course, that no one else could play Tony Stark. Rockwell could do it. I must say, that's, I that's the most convincing of all the, of all the, ones we've of talked all the about. Iron Mans we've talked about before. Oh, man. Sam Rockwell's dude, probably the most convincing one. Think of that dude's career and all the different stuff that he's played. Even like, I mean, like he was Moon. in Iron Man too. Yeah. That's true. So, But uh, like uh, his Moon, character in yeah. Moon, where he is so detached from reality to the point where he he, he basically has been fabricated in a sense. Yeah, Moon's a great movie. And yeah. He was, I mean, that really showed his acting chops. I mean, he's a great actor. Um, what was him? He's an awesome. Did you guys, did you guys see the movie that I loved? That was about about the um, the family goes to live in a like a summer home in this like resort town, and the kid goes to the water park every the day. Way way back. Yeah, that that was yeah. Oh, Rockwell was so good in that. He was. He was like the mentor. Of yeah, he was right? like the. Yeah, that was really. Good. Yeah, it was a good, good movie, and a really, he was so good in it. I mean, I kept flashing back to Chevy Chase. Yeah, and and meatballs. At first, you feel really like, oh, this guy's a loser. He needs to back off. Like this is terrible. He's gonna be bad influence. And then you realize that it it very slowly curbs in the sense of your perception of that character. Not not Chevy Chase. Uh, Bill Murray in Meatballs, a movie you guys probably have never seen. I think all of us have watched. It. Really. I have not watched Meatballs. Yeah, I didn't no. think it my Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we gotta, we'll have to watch it sometime. No, we should. I would like to see it. Um, this one I can I can totally see. Alexander Skarsgård as Thor. Oh, yeah. He could do that. In I mean, a hard I mean look, look, what he, look what he did with the, with the True Blood character. Oh, yeah. No, True Blood which was, a, was Thor a, the Vampire. Yeah. I mean, he was a <laughs> Norseman. Yeah. He was a Norseman. The only the only. The, and I initially did not. I was a big Troop Blood book reader. I read all the Troop Troop Blood. So when HBO started it, he was the one character I had a little bit objection to. And the reason is that in the book, his character was described as when he walked in the room, both men and women wanted to go to bed with him because he was so beautiful. And he's you just weren't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. But, but I wanted. But I, but I, wanted, <laughs> I, wanted, I, wanted, I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, I don't want to go to bed. I'm pretty sure any female in the world would disagree with well, me. Well, but I know. But I, then he's I, not I, Mike's type. He's I, not Mike's type. I, Who I is your type, Mike? Uh, Kristen Bauer. That's not someone that could have played uh, Eric the Vampire. Who Who would you have put in the role of Eric the they Vampire? Could have played Tom Cruise. Most recent version. Yeah. Tom Cruise. No. Oh. No. Oh. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna ask you this every day until you give me an answer. Speaking. Oh. Speaking of Thor, have you guys seen the uh, audition tape for um, Tom Hiddleston as Thor? No. Oh, it is hilarious. Wait, what? Yeah, Tom Hiddleston auditioned for Thor, and they, they gave they offered him the role of Loki, as we all know. Was that but, part of the the audition for Loki? Is that no. he was going to just mess with them? The audition for Thor? No, no, he legitimately auditioned for Thor, and there is video online of him auditioning for Thor. No, it's going to be bad. It is pretty bad. I mean, he is because, Loki. Like, like, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, he is hundred percent yeah. Loki. You're like, oh god, thank God they went with Chris Hemsworth because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you are not Thor. Cause it's like Tom Hiddleston with long blonde hair and like he's very thin. Yes, <laughs> and not it's like that is not Thor coming from a skinny dude. Oh, yeah, god, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you see any of the articles about uh, Thor Ragnarok talking about the characters that play in the play in Thor Ragnarok? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Matt Damon and... Matt Damon. The, 
what the other Hemsworth brother. Luke, Luke, Luke Hemsworth. Hemsworth. He plays Thor and it's yeah, he he's like the Thor. third brother. He's the shorter, broader one. The least famous. And then um, they had Sam Neill Sam Odin. Odin. Oh yeah, I oh, saw Sam. that. Yeah. yeah that was, those yeah. were such fantastic cameos. Yeah. And I, I sat there the entire time looking at, at Luke being like I feel like I know him in some way. I probably <laughs> never actually witnessed him on screen in any sense, but it was it was the Hemsworth genes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we got two more of these left. Um, Olivia Wilde as Gamora. Marvel offered um, Olivia Wilde the chance to play the deadliest alien assassin in the universe, but the actress turned down the role for reasons that has never that she still never addressed. While Marvel was rumored to also be considering. Few other actresses for the role, of course, it eventually went to Zoe's uh, Zaldana. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Put some green makeup know. on her, and they have both well, have yeah. expressive eyes. I mean, like they're both good actresses. Like I could, yeah. I can see it. Was she in the middle of breaking up with Aaron Rodgers, and she just didn't like green? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Green baby. That was yeah. a sports ball joke. Sports Sorry, sports ball. That wasn't. That wasn't Olivia Wilde. That it was, was Olivia, Olivia Munn. Oh, you're right. Oh, come <laughs> on. Get your Olivia oh, straight. That was Psylocke from oh, you're X-Men. Right. Sorry, Olivia. She was the one with... Who's, <laughs> who's, who's not? Yeah. On, well, Olivia Wilde is married, married to, to Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. And has been for a while. They have a child. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. Okay. Yeah. House is how I know her. Yeah. yeah. That's really probably a blip on the radar for her career, but still, that's how I know her. Fair enough. Um, moving along. Last one here. Matthew McConaughey as Ego, the Living Planet. I could see that. Oh, that, yeah, that could, you could do, he could do that. I mean, that, I mean, he can do anything anyway, so. <laughs> so is what he, is he your Bill? <laughs> no. All right. No. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's uh, not Bill. He can do anything. Eric. Yeah, it's, not, it's not Bill. Eric. It's not Bill. Bill's the, the southern vampire. I don't watch True Blood. Is he, is he your... Whatever True Blood is Eric. Eric. Is he's he Eric. Is he Eric? No, he's not Eric. Aww, that would be so weird. he can do anything except for Mike. Yeah. But um, Way to make it weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Um, happy 100th. Happy 100th episode. Um, that's all of our list of, of 13 actors who almost became Avengers. Okay, so today I read an article about when um, Lord of the Rings, Peter, Peter Jackson was, was um, getting ready to do Lord of the Rings, and he was under contract with Miramax, which Harvey Weinstein controlled. Right. And Weinstein wanted him to make um, one... Lord of the Rings movie, and it to be only two hours in length, which you would have to cut it out. Work, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work It'd at be all. A terrible movie. And he, story? Yeah. Yeah, it just it wouldn't work. And and he and he threatened he threatened Jackson to take away the project and give it to Quentin Tarantino. I would actually be really interested to see what Lord of the Rings would look like if Tarantino directed it. Wouldn't like, that be? Then we really get a Star yeah, Trek like, from Quentin Tarantino. Wait, yeah. Can yeah. we make this a thing once we stop being able to come up with really awesomely original content and just have really weird directors go back and redo things? <laughs> I, you know That'd what? Cool. I think it would be an interesting take on it. I mean, to me, Lord of the Rings is perfect. They're like I, when people ask me like my top favorite films, I, I say two other films, and then I say. Lord of the Rings because like I can't they're all even though it's three separate films it's it's one it's one thing, it's one thing for yeah. me um, and I can't imagine them being done any any better than Peter Jackson did them but that being said Quentin Tarantino uh, like an, his approach to something like that and whatever it would be really interesting to see yeah you guys you guys have probably never seen it but there was a really bad animated Lord of the Rings oh no I've seen that yeah where they rotoscoped it and it was just oh and it was only like two hours in length and they skipped over so much stuff and it it was just what a bad movie that is I think the only Star Wars thing I still need to see is that Christmas special from the early 80s is it 81, 82 yeah I need to I need to watch that but to that point of, like, directors doing something totally out of their wheelhouse, so to speak, honestly, like, somebody like, say, Sam Esmail do Star Wars. 
That could be how that turns out. Yeah. If if, if people did that and did uh, reboots with entirely different stylistic approaches, I mean, think about Tim Burton. Tim Burton's done some stuff that's just very different from anything. Yeah, let Tim Burton do any other movie and see what it would be exactly. like. <laughs> yeah. Tim Burton's take on Lord of the Rings. What would that look like? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't want to see terrifying. that. Tim I Burton, totally want to watch Tim that. Tim Burton does Love Actually. Yes. Oh, oh yes. God. <laughs> no. That would kill me. Wow, that would be amazing. Be oh, I, I might have to go kill him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's getting real for Mike over here. Getting dark. Um, I'm so well speaking my my friend's Tim Burton (laughs) yeah speaking of episode 100 um, so we're going to be taking um, a little bit of a break because of a rather insane travel schedule that's coming up for for yours truly Um, so we're going to come back to you guys in the beginning of July right before um, we head out to Comic Con and of course some of us head out to Comic Con before Matt and I head out to Comic Con (laughs) Mike will party We'll party a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and Doug will be partying. Yes. Um, well, if I've learned anything in the last few weeks, it's that Mike is a party animal. <laughs> so um, he was very enthusiastic about us drinking into this podcast. So <laughs> cheers, cheers to that. Um, but we're going we're gonna to come back at you guys with um, a little bit of a new format. And some of that we're going to leave until episode 101. Um, but then we were also talking about maybe talking about some of our ideas of things that Matt and I over have discussed over a few drinks have discussed about things we without me because it involves you because it involves you and it will be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> I, already don't, I already don't like the sound. Of <laughs> I will vouch as an objective party that I've heard about these secondhand, and I think they're amazing. Yes, I think it's going to be great. Um, and I, I should preference this by saying that, like, it's not. Um, the, we love you, Mike. We love you. We love <laughs> Thanks, you, Mike. Mike. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> I already don't like this. You haven't put a disclaimer at the beginning of this. We're going to start looking at doing um, an activity each week that. Um, in the beginning, we'll mostly make Mike uncomfortable, but eventually we're going to challenge ourselves, um, Matt and myself as well, to, to kind of venture outside of our comfort zone with some stuff. So we're going to be doing some fun things like um, maybe, maybe maybe a little karaoke. Oh, God. Maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> some, some like, um, some paint. Like, you know, you have those wine and painting classes. Our pottery. Our pottery. Uh, and, suck and, and Bob Ross. Bob Ross. This is actually this. this was oh. one of Matt's ideas. I, you, you I, got, idea a, I got a I got a B in animation. It's the only B I got in film. We'll all my film animation classes. work. Well, there you go. No, I got a B in animation because I can't draw. But you can paint happy trees. Do you Bob think Ross we can draw? Show you. Do you think we can sing? I, I, I can show you I can't. Matt's happy trees that oh he, my God. <laughs> he painted on a guitar. Oh, you have my, you have the original happy trees. The originals <laughs> I have, are I terrible. Have the, yeah, the, the original yes. photos. That's where we got the idea Wait, of originals. Did you redo it? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It was pretty fantastic. Oh, I, I redid it a couple times. But we thought that might be something fun, um, and we're going to, of course, tie it into all the things we already do with the culture and the films that are coming out. So maybe we'll paint our own versions of a like a, a scene that represents the movie or our feelings about them. Maybe we'll paint our feelings about a movie. It's like therapeutic. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. And then we'll we'll have this for people to see, <laughs> see online. If you could we'll see Mike's it. face right now, it's, you would yes, know that this is, what is, is, this is gonna brilliant. It's going to be amazing. This is perfect gonna, podcast. Hey, video. <laughs> you know what, Mike? Content. Just think it's not as bad as my movies. It's true. Yet. <laughs> we <laughs> will be incorporating My Little, Little Ponies. <laughs> but the point is... When you least expect it. <laughs> for all of us to start doing... Um, you know, we do all of these reviews together and these interviews and these events, and we get to talk about them with you guys. Um, but we want to we wanna just do some, like, fun weird things too that branch out we want to branch out and do things that are going to make people laugh and are going to make ourselves laugh and we think that coming up with something like Mike come up with stuff for me and Matt to do too we're going to do a cooking class we're going to do a cooking class oh god not here no, not here. No, no, like, no, like a legit cooking like a class. Legit no, I'm fine class. with cooking. I can cook. So, well, there you go. See, it's that, still, it'll it's be, still, it's still be like a fun experience. It will like, be. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm a terrible singer. 
I can't paint, as Emma will attest to. Well, I don't think really any of us can paint. So it's like, I'm terrible at these things as well. You just gotta embrace the terrible so much. I hate it it too. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. (laughs) Well, episode 101 uh, will be a new beginning for the Atlas podcast. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. Mike may hate it, but we guarantee that our listeners are, are going to love it. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun addition to the show. So we're really looking forward to it. Um, so stay tuned. Um, keep following us in all the places you're already following us because if you are, you'll know when this drops, and we'll tease it a little bit before um, we come back and probably tease some of the events that we do leading up to. Um, yeah up to the the episode 101 so um please leave your comments and reviews for us on soundcloud and itunes and wherever else you find us that you can or ideas that you want us to do yeah challenge us if you want us to do something crazy like leave it in a comment and let us know and we'll we'll do it well we'll Well, take it under consideration within reason (laughs) yeah within reason (laughs) um so, yeah, um, we look forward to seeing you guys and uh, be back at the beginning of July. And until then, thank you guys so much. It's been 100 episodes, and it's been absolutely amazing. Um, thank you to my my founding co-host, who is not here and, and hasn't been in 50-something episodes, <laughs> uh, Ja'Kai Mickelson. Uh, we love him, and he's incredible. And, of course, uh, thank you guys all for, for listening. Um, whenever you came into the Atlas podcast. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys, so thank you. Um, my name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at fanbolt.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of shakefire.com. And I'm the very worried Mike McKinney from last one <laughs> at leadertheater.com and atlcw.tv. And our, uh, our, our guest tonight? The plus one. The plus one. The plus <laughs> <Sprint. laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you guys in July. Thank you. Fozzie says goodbye to you. I hope I hope that audio shows up. (laughs) Oh, baby girl. Bye guys.